Let's just speak in other language. Let's speak in the language of the Holy Spirit. Let's uh, set the atmosphere right. Let's create the right environment and atmosphere for God to do what Him alone can do in our lives and in our hearts. In the name of Jesus. Mi soto po shanta badama soto po sheteli kere baba imprange de seteli evantele kalabado sombra hanta li kalababa o soto po sheketeke li prahanta li kere bobo o pahata li bahande ba shandele kere baba uprandi kasanta li Miletele prahasa talabada mashatali karandele baba embando zuvrahati kayandele kete kejidele prahante ka zeke tempa hatali prado suvregedi mikalabado sonto moshindele prahanto suvregete breathe upon us lord breathe upon us in the name of jesus breathe upon your word in the name of jesus give us a heart that is able to articulate the things that we are learning uh give us a heart that is able to comprehend a with all saints what is the length what is the breadth what is the height what is the depth of your love towards us grant us understanding that we might be filled with the knowledge of god in the name of jesus that we might be filled with all the fullness of god in the name of jesus that we might be filled with wisdom in the name of jesus thank you father thank you lord in jesus name we pray amen and amen you are welcome this evening we dive right in into god's word this evening uh if you're joining us for the first time this is the making of songs and it's a series that um i'm committed to taking us on throughout the month of february and i must say as is always the case with me and god so many times when god gives me such instruction it's not like I already have everything I want to stay prepared. Just like Jesus said, as I hear, I do. So uh, I trust God for utterance. It's not so much about what I know already. It's more about God breathing upon the things that I share. And that the, that's the only way you get to know it's not about me. It's not me bringing out something from my wealth of knowledge about God's word. It's about God doing what him alone can do. Because, yeah, I can be eloquent in speech. I might be able to uh, bring about God's word, you know, in different dimensions. But ultimately, it is God that would go into the hearts of the hearers and begin a walk in their heart and that has been my prayer right from the beginning of this series that my words would 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 fall on fertile grounds in your heart in the name of jesus 
and it will bear fruit. I mean, you will look at yourself before this series and after this series. And of a truth, you will say that you have increased in stature, you have increased in wisdom, and you have increased in knowledge. That is the goal. That what you know, you've increased in the knowledge. And that you have unlearned, you've relearned, and that you are still learning. Uh, that is my prayer for you in the name of Jesus. You are all welcome. Yesterday we rounded off on uh, such an exciting note, uh, talking about being born again, or talking about um, you know understanding what that means, uh, what it means to be a Christian. You know, it's not just a religion. It's not you know just um uh my my religion of birth is a lot more than that you're welcome hannah you're welcome toasting you're welcome Odili, uh chinyere you're welcome you're all welcome and to everyone my silent members i know you you're there you're all welcome honestly uh so but today i really feel so strongly in my heart to touch a bit more on this issue of being born again you know, we started with that John chapter 3, where it says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I want us to understand that being born again is not, unfortunately, a lot of things that we have called it, uh, you know, over the years. A lot of people have associated being born again to... Uh, receiving Christ in their heart so that all their needs can be met. Receiving Christ in their heart so that their life uh, physically, materially can be, be better. A lot of people, you know, received Christ because, of course, they were told uh, Jesus is the answer, you know. So uh, they just received him because of what they want, not necessarily for relationship. And the truth is that what God is keen about is the relationship because that's the big deal. And once you establish the relationship, these other things that you are seeking come naturally. They just come naturally. I remember my pastor sharing with us some years ago about how, you know, uh, his, his children, how, you know, his daughters would call when he's not home, check on him, send him messages. And, but his sons, you know, would only call when they need something. <laughs> but there's just that endearment. You know, when you have a child who checks up on you, calls you, has that conversations with you, you know, have that converse, pardon me, that conversation with you, not because she's seeking something from you, but simply because you have a relationship and joys being in your company is amazing how the only time Christians pray, even all these midnight prayers we pray is because we are seeking something. Have you ever decided to spend a vigil just to be in the presence of God? Just to 
just to hear what God wants to say. I remember uh, Dr. Ekunda, you were really talking about, you know, what prayer is. Prayer is not monologue. Prayer is not uh, just going before God because he's God and just pouring all your needs before him. He's God now. Abba, is that not why he's God? He's God so that he can be taking care of my needs. No. <laughs> I, I established that, I think, the first two days when I shared with us, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. He's your Father. You hallow his name. But then you understand that he's a Father that has a kingdom, that has an agenda, that has an assignment. And the reason why he recruited you, initiated you into his family and became your father is because you are joined heirs with Christ. There's an inheritance. There are stuff to do. I mean, there are, there are territories to take. And so as a son, you are waiting on the father. What is the next assignment? Where are we going? What are we doing, Lord? Being born again, you know, I've said so many things this last eight days. And I'm sure someone is wondering, Pimo, how? You know, yeah, I want to be about the father's business. Yes, I want to, I want to, I want to, uh, I want to take territories for him. I, I, I want, I want to settle down and just listen for his voice. I don't want my relationship with God to be all about just give me, give me, give me. I really want it to be a bit more meaningful than, than me just tabling my needs before God. The truth is that God doesn't show favorism. But the truth is, he doesn't have favorites. But the truth is, there are some people who have actually cornered God. You know what he said concerning David? And I don't think he said that about any other man. He said, I found a man who is after my heart. He's not after my hands. He's after my heart. He says, I found David, the son of Jesse, who is after my heart. He will do all my will. Wow. We're still going to come to David, talking about him as a prototype son as well. He says, I found him. He will do all my will. Can God say that about you? Can he say that about me? That I found this son. Oh, and that's what he said. Jesus said, I have come in the volume of books to do your will. Sonship is about doing the will of the Father. Sonship is about doing the will of the Father. Hallelujah. And the foundation to that goal where we are going is to be born again. Not born again as we have explained it. Not born again as we have taught it. We have cajoled people. Cornered them. Oh, come, come, come. And most times it's just because we want increased members in our churches. God help us. Come, you are looking. Jesus is the answer. Come. Okay, that's fine. Let's even say that's the bait. When they finally come, do we now really tell them, groom them, help them understand the greater light that you have come, you've been initiated, 
Like I said yesterday, being born again is the initiation. Is God calling you first. But it doesn't stop there. It says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have what? Eternal life. To be born again is the introduction into eternal life. What is eternal life? Eternal life is the life of God. Eternal life is the Zoe life of God. When Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come that ye may have life. He says the devil comes that he will still, so that he, he has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, but I have come. What have I come to give? That ye may have, might have life and have it abundantly. That abundant life is much more than length of days. Because a lot of people have length of days, but they don't live it well. It's not abundant life. So abundant life is not just length of days. It's not living on earth for 100 years, 150 years. It's about the quality, quality, quality of life. And there is no better quality of life than the life of God. No better. This human life, no matter what you have access to, talking about uh, nourishment, and at best it will work for this body, this flesh. But when we talk about the Zoe kind of life, there's no other life compared to that. And so the same way there's human life, the same way there's animal life. The dog kind of life is not the same with the human kind of life. The elephant kind of life is not the same with the human kind of life. So also the God kind of life. That is eternal life. That is what we receive when we get born again. That is what we are introduced into when we get born again. He says, except a man be born again. You can't even begin this journey. Now, what is Jesus trying to say to Nicodemus in John chapter 3? He's saying to Nicodemus, remember I told you yesterday, guys, you've been translated from this life to this life. You've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you that live, but Christ lives. So how do you now live this new life on earth since we are not yet going to heaven? Is someone getting what I'm saying? How do you live this life that has been given to you? And I remember saying yesterday, and that you grow into it because that life, com- that life comes to you in seed form. But how be it, it does not negate the fact that it is still the life of God. Potent in power. Glory to God. So when you read Jesus, let's look at it. Mm. Let 
There's so many streams jamming in my heart. But let, let's look at John. Let's look at John. Are you following me? Let's look at John. I want to show us something here. Mm. Ah, do I do this now? Hmm. You know, several times Jesus kept saying to his disciples that I am the Father, we are one. I am the Father, we are one. He kept saying to the disciples, uh, you know, the Father is in me. If you look at John chapter 14, verse 9, Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long? Let me read from verse 7. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. <laughs> Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Can we see the level at which Jesus is operating here? One who is a carrier of the eternal life. Because it is by virtue of Christ coming to this earth, dying on the cross, being buried, and then being raised to life, that we have access to this life. Jesus came to show us what it means, what it looks like to live on earth with this life. That's what he came to show us. And one of the fundamental things you need to understand about this is that I and the Father, we are one. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me. So, eternal life is having God abode in you. Dwelling in you. Eternal life is having the life of God flow through you. And I want to say this at this point. That that life is not limited to healing the sick physically alone. It's not limited. We've, we've, we've boxed what miracles are. When someone says, oh, uh, 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 when, we, when we read of John G. Lake, we read of, uh, um, uh, what's this amazing woman's name? All these great women and men, you know, that we've read their stories. We see the things they did. Going to places, raising the sick, raising the dead. We say that is a miracle. But we don't consider God giving you the blueprint for the economic solution for Nigeria as a miracle. What Joseph did in Philip, what do we call that? Just something that happened. No. The life of God is not exhibited only in the arena 
of healing the sick. The life of God is exhibited in every area, every sphere of influence. And that's why the whole creation is awaiting our manifestation. Is awaiting our manifestation. I want to say and I dare say that we have been using the shorter end of the stick in demonstrating this life of God. We need to come up higher. We need to come up higher. We need to begin to interact. Interact with the deep things of God. So that the creation, the world around us can begin to see the manifestation of this life. But you know the funny thing is that the devil has kept a lot of us very trapped with little, little sins which beset easily. And those things have kind of choked the life. You have the life, but it's not been manifested. And that's why I said he's okay and comfortable with you being like that. You make heaven, it's fine. But that you will now exhibit that life of God here. Mm-mm. He doesn't want that. Let's look at John. First John. Except a man be born again. You cannot even begin to experience. And you see, it's, 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 if you have decided to give your life to Christ, I congratulate you. Because you've made such an awesome decision. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. Because there's a whole lot to do. It doesn't stop there. Are you getting me? It doesn't stop there. Because the world is going to get darker and darker. And it takes one with the life of God to overcome it. The Bible says the, the, the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness cannot comprehend it. The world is going to get darker and darker. But we, the sons of light, will continue to shine brighter and brighter. It takes the life of God in you to shine in the midst of darkness. And that's what Jesus came to offer us. A superior life. A life like we've never known it. A life above the do's and don'ts of this world. Above the limitations of this earth, we are the species of God that is able to interact two worlds at the same time. Come on. Your speaking in tongues is not just for, you know, letting people just feel like you can speak in tongues. I'm telling you, you are speaking the language of angels. You are speaking the language of the spirit. The Bible says, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. You are creating an edifice of yourself when you are speaking in tongues. It's not something you thought, switch on and switch off when you get to church. Let's begin to break the tongue. No, and sometimes you are speaking in tongues, your mind is totally disconnected from what you are saying. How then can God begin to speak to you? Some of us have been so programmed in that speaking in tongues. 
we just go and it just seems like we just fool but nothing no connection no i wish we understood deeply these resources that god has given to us this thing called eternal life eternal life the very life of god and do you think that god will make his life available to all of us and all we're going to use that life to do is food to eat and clothing to wear we think that's all that life is for come on guys come on no he's a lot more than that he's a lot more than that that's not what that life is for not at all oh not at all ah thank you jesus thank you jesus and you know the amazing thing is that at the point where you received Christ and believed in your heart, that life was given to you. And that life is operated via the Spirit. Glory to God. Can we see how the Word and the Spirit works together? So when he now says, when you are born again, you see the kingdom. But when you are born of the spirit and of the word, you enter the kingdom. You begin to experience the kingdom. You begin to grow in the knowledge of Christ. You begin to, to give expression to that life. Because that life, the environment with which it works, is the environment of the word, which is Christ. Hallelujah. That's the life we've received. Eternal life. Eternal life is not length of days. Eternal life is the quality of life. And it's called the Zoe. The Zoe. Let's look at John. John chapter 5. First John chapter 5. And I'm going to read from verse 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. He has testified of his son. He who believes in the son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his son. He says, and this is the testimony. What is the testimony? That God has given us eternal life. Kanda Shanta Libraha. He didn't say God will give us. He didn't say when we get to heaven, that is what he's going to welcome us with. No, he said, as long as you have believed the son whom he sent, you've received him into your heart. You have eternal life. You have it already. He says, and this is the testament that God has given us. He didn't say God is going to give to us. He didn't say God is trying to give to us. He said God has given to us already eternal life. Oh, glory to God. And this life is in his son. So you can't have one and not have the other. Hey, you can't have one and not have the other. He says, he who has the son has life. I like that he says, he who has the son has life. He didn't say he who has the son has the life of God. That is, he's trying to say to you, 
There's no other life. It is the person who has the life of God that is truly living. That is deep. Even me, I need to allow that to sink in. Hey! Glory to God. It is He who has the song that has life. Can you say that to yourself? I have life. I have the song. I have life. I have eternal life. It says eternal life. And the life is in his son. He who does not have the son. Does not have life. Can you see that? Can you see that? He who does not have the son. Does not have life. Unbelievers you can't be envious of death. You cannot be. Hey. If they don't have the life of God. My Bible tells me, if we are not reading the same Bible, except we are not reading the same Bible, it says, he that hath the Son, hey, has life. <laughs> I think we should just tabernacle there. He that hath the Son, has life. He that hath the Son, has life. He says, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know <laughs> that you have eternal life. That you may know. Hey, Lord, open our eyes. Help us to know. Help us to live in that consciousness that we have eternal life. And that because we have the Son, we have life. He that hath the Son. The Bible says this life is in His Son. Can you see where it's coming from? He said He has given us eternal life. So this eternal life is in the Son. So if you have the Son, automatically you've got the life. He that hath the Son has life. I have life. I have the life of God in me. In the name of Jesus. Abundant life. The life that lives above. And that's how you can exhibit sonship. You can't exhibit sonship with this our human life. You have to operate. That's how. Without this life. That's why he's saying that except you be born again. You know he says except. As in there's no other ticket. To be able to live that life. On this earth. It's for you to be able to live above. For you to be able to excel. For you to be able to, to, to demonstrate the power of God. You need that life. Of yourself you can do nothing. Even Jesus said it. He said my father is in me. Everything I do. He tells me to do it. So Jesus gave us the answer there. That we are looking at me in this human flesh. And you are wondering Jesus how are you doing these things. There is no gimmick to it. The Father dwells in me. Glory to God. Now you understand when he was telling Mary at the tomb. And he said, go and tell them. My Father and your Father. I go to your Father, my Father. That Father that was dwelling in me. That was doing the things that I was doing. He's in you now. Because you have received me. Remember he said it in John. He says, as many as receive me, I will come 
I and my father would come and dwell and make our home in him. Are you allowing him to make his home in you? Or you just received him, you know, for figure's sake. And that's all. He has to dwell. And for him to dwell, he has to dwell where the word is. Because that is who he is. The Bible says he is the word. Without him was nothing made that was made. So if Christ is going to dwell and God is going to come and both of them will make their home in you, then you need to create the right environment for him to thrive in you. Hallelujah. Is someone getting this? Glory to God. We've got the life of God in us. That life is also expressed via his spirit. Remember, in Luke chapter 1, when the angel came to Mary, and Mary said, how shall these things be? He says, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Hey, and that which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. There was the Holy Spirit conception. He, Mary was infused by the Holy Spirit. So the life of God came into her and she gave birth to Christ. And from birth, Jesus carried the life. That's the new life he came to demonstrate to us. And so we don't need to go back. That was what Jesus was saying to Nicodemus. We don't need to go back into the womb. All we have to do now is just believe. And once you believe, and you don't stop at just believing, you make room for him in your life. With him comes the eternal life. Jesus doesn't come empty-handed. Glory to God. He doesn't come empty-handed. He comes with eternal life. The Zoe kind of life. The God kind of life. Now begin to imagine it. What are you going to do with that life? I think I'm going to stop there. What are you going to do with that life? Now that we found life, what are we going to do with it? I know it's now that we found love. It's the season of love. Our own is life. Hallelujah. Now that we found life, what are we going to do with it? What are you going to do? Now that you have life, are you going to use that? It's a waste of life. If all you are using that life to do is to pay bills, all you are using that life to do is to eat food, uh, to buy clothes, uh, to do this. There's more to that life. But it's only reserved to those who seek him. It's reserved to those who commit to growth. It's reserved to those who mature to the stature of son. Then he can commit inheritance into our hands. Then he can commit the father's business into our hands. Then he can say we're taking territories. Because then he knows that you are operating in that life. Because like I said, you can't just... Take territories with, with, with the way we are doing Christianity. No. <laughs> God himself has to be sure that yes, this son is a responsible one. And that's what he said at Jordan. He looked at Jesus 30 years. He said, mm, this is my beloved son. I'm pleased with him. He's ready. He's ready. Remember? At age 12, Jesus was the one that said, shouldn't I be about my father's business? And the father didn't say anything. 
But thank God, he went and submitted himself to the growth process. When he showed up at 30, the father, he didn't need to be the one saying, I'm about my father's business. The father started noising him abroad. Hey, glory to God. Eternal life. Eternal life. Eternal life. That is what it means to be born again. That is what it means to be born again. You're, you're born of the spirit. You're born of the life of God. He now says you're born of the, of the word and of the spirit. Now you understand when Joseph stood before them, Pharaoh, and Pharaoh says, can we find such a man in whom the spirit, ultimately saying in whom the life of God. So you use the life of God to deliver solutions. In Jesus' time, yes, he did all of that. Raised the dead, healed the sick, multiplied bread, you know, walked on water. He used, he used that life to do that. Because that was what was needed at that time. Now the world has far grown beyond what Jesus met. What are you using that life for? What, what value are you adding with that life? Let's start with your sphere of influence in that organization, in that office, in that group, in that church, in that ministry. What is that life of God in you delivering? Now that you found life, what are you going to do with it? I pray the Lord would minister to us. I pray that there is an awakening in our heart in the name of Jesus to this reality that we are carriers of the life of God. And that there's much more, there's much more we can do and do to, now you understand when the whole creation is awaiting your manifestation. Because that life created the whole world in Genesis. Go and read it. That life. That's, that's what that life is capable of doing. <laughs> Glory to God. That's what that life is capable of doing. And yet we say we are God in human flesh. We are God walking on earth on two feet. What are we doing with it? Let's get serious with God. And I can tell you, God is about to blow our minds. You have no idea what God can do with a yielded vessel. You have no idea what God can do with you. If you will just yield yourself totally to him. You See, you have no idea. He will blow your mind. Because when he takes over your faculty, takes over your heart, takes over everything that has to do with you, oh, he will blow your mind. He will show the world what he can do with a totally yielded vessel. I love you guys and I'm totally committed to your spiritual growth. Till I come your way tomorrow, 10 p.m., I look forward to another wonderful in-depth study of God's word. And... Uh, between now and tomorrow, like I always say, find time, go over the scriptures that I read. That's how you actually build capacity and that's how you get grounded in God's word. Stay blessed. I love you. Have a beautiful night rest. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you.